We interrupt this broadcast with some important news. Let's rewind and check out the biggest news stories from this week. It's time, it's time. for Taiwan This Week. Good evening and welcome to Taiwan This Week with me, your host, Gavin Phipps. I'm joined in the studio this evening by Xiao Xin Shen of the New Power Party. Hey, Gavin. How's it going? New Bloom's Brian Hugh. Thanks for having me. And on the telephone by Eric Huang, who is a former head of the KMT's International Affairs Office. Hi, Gavin. Hello, everyone. And tonight we'll be discussing the latest news about the island's upcoming elections. So there's really no surprise there because they're now eight days away. And we'll begin with this week's debates between the candidates in the main battlegrounds of Taipei, New Taipei, Taichung and Kaohsiung. Now, all five of the Taipei mayoral candidates met for a televised debate this week after incumbent Kerwin Jia opted out the previous televised debate last week. And the two-hour event, which was broadcast by public television service, saw Kerr's opponents ganging up on him to criticise what they saw as his lack of party affiliation and what they saw as his rather odd policies. While for his part, Kerr touted his administration's achievements and spoke about how city residents have grown tired of pan-blue and pan-green politics and he said that Taipei residents deserve to be able to think for themselves rather than towing and voting along party lines. And KMT candidate Ding Shou Jong accused Kerr of having no core values and he also accused him of flip flopping on which party's supporters he's trying to please. Ding also claimed that under Kerr, Taipei had lost its global competitiveness, while the DPP's Basu Yao said that his party's supporters are no longer backing Kerr, as they did so in 2014, which is one of the reasons that Kerr Guanzhou actually got elected, because, according to Basu Yao, remarks by the incumbent mayor are questionable over his allegiance to Taiwan, because apparently, according to the DPP, they lean towards China. So, Brian, what did you take away from the Taipei debate? Yeah, it does look like there is no stopping the co-juggernaut. Um, I think Sui Yao and Ding Shouzhong were trying to draw lines between their own parties and Ke, perhaps to even minimize damage. Uh, the fact is that Ke will probably win um, whatever either of them does. And so what they can do is is try to, to draw lines between their parties and Ke, with, uh, with knowing that in the future Ke will become a, a possible threat. Um, that he may be eyeing a presidential run, and that this may draw individuals from both sides of the political camp towards him. Um, that could be a threat, and so I think that they were really trying to stop this. All right, Xiao. Yeah, my takeaway from the debate is actually uh, honey lemon juice. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been promoted by the uh, lesser-known candidates, uh, Wu Yang, in the debate, and he also sang a song uh, in the debate, which is amazingly good. So uh, the the song has been pretty catchy. But other than that, um, the debate there's no surprise in there because um, the 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 KMT candidate Din Shouzhong and Pasua Yao they um, they've been doing what they are do, been doing in the campaign, which is attacking. Mayor Kerr, and then uh, Mayor Kerr himself has been pro- touting his own policies, his his uh, his his own um, government. So it's, it's if you want to take a snapshot away from the debate, I would say uh, the two um, candidates just attacking the incumbent, and then incumbent is just defending himself. Right, Eric. Well, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know what a theme voice Mr. Wu uh, has. I think he will be better off to be a singer than a mayor. Uh, <laughs> then the you know the the debate itself is quite interesting. Uh, I thought you know Mayor Ke did a great job uh, talking about his visions uh, of you know the political change he wants for Taiwan. I think that's why he's still very popular among the Taiwanese youth. Uh, the question is: Is this what 
the voters want in Taipei this time. I think, quite frankly, the voters want more. The voters want economic improvements. They want better policies. Uh, they want uh, infrastructure. They want investments. This is when uh, Yao Wenzhi and Ding Shouzhong comes in, and they offer more policies on that front. Um, I particularly, well, biasly like Ding the most in this debate. I think Ding outlined most of his policies. Uh, though he has no charisma, but I think uh, he's very clear in terms of what he would like to do. And I think Yao did fairly well as well. Um, he uh, was very clear on the policies he would like to introduce. And I especially enjoy how he and uh, Mirko went at it each other. Um, so I think um, to sum up this debate, I think uh, the three leading candidates, if you count Yao Wenzhi, Ding Shouzhong, and Ke Wenzhi, had a very, very uh, interesting and very uh, rich debate. And I think that will be reflected now what we can talk about in the polls. Right, Eric. I mean, what about the accusations of Kerr's allegiance to Taiwan? I, 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 I will not question Mayor Kerr's uh, integrity in terms of, you know, supporting Taiwan. I think it, it is just a political attack. On him, and I, I think, quite frankly, is unfounded for. I thought that was quite interesting because uh, Ding Shuozhong is someone I rarely ever politically agree with. However, I did think he had a very good criticism of Ko that he has gone on the one hand from at first being close to Chen Shui-bian and Li Denghui and people like that. He was formerly Chen Shui-bian's physician, and now he says there is one family on both sides of the Taiwan Straits, and so there there is that political shift, and that does raise the questions of what core values Ko does stand for. Um, I did think that criticism was quite valid. Ryan Xiao, I mean, what do you think of the DPP supporters not backing Kerr this year? It is a very interesting phenomenon that uh, the DPP is not able to stand with Kerr this year. Um, but in my in my opinion, I mean, by doing so, it's hurting their campaign. It's hurting their election pretty badly, especially in Taipei. Because in Taipei, I mean, the, the pan-green camp has been split badly. Um, so about like one-third supporting um, Yao Wenzhi, about two-thirds supporting Ke Wenzhi. Um, and by not being able to unite, um, they face a real danger of Ding Shouzhong being elected as the next mayor of Taipei, um, which um, as, a, as, a, as a member of a pen, pen group, Green Camp, uh, this, we don't really want to see that happen. I just want to add a real quick point. So as Brian mentioned, uh, rightly so, so the Pen Blue is accusing Coenger of being pro-independence, and at the same time, Pen Green is attacking him for being pro-China. So I, I just want to point that out. Right. I mean, obviously, the, the, we live in Taipei, basically, <laughs> the three of us. I mean, Brian, do you think Mayor Kerr has done a bad job? Mm. I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you walk outside and you see Taipei, do you go, oh, wow, what a dump? Or do you go, hey, look, it's... It's okay. I have an open verdict on that, but I think that uh, there there are many things that Ko has done which I disagree with, particularly regarding um, the fact that I do view him as drif- having drifted more towards China and the Pan Blue camp. However, um, I think your average Taip- Taipei citizen is quite happy with Ko. Um, Ko really just had to sit on his achievements and and just basically stump on the basis of those in during the debate. Um, Ding Shouzhong and Yao Wenzhi, uh, Pasui Yao, had to really hook on to various scandals he has had, for example, regarding misogyny, um, regarding the Taipei Dome, um, even incidents such as the Huashan murder to try to criticize him. And I think that your average uh, Taipei citizen maybe doesn't care so much. Even the fact that both attacked him 
that adds his uh, his reputation as a political independent. And for Taipei voters who maybe are a little tired of the pan green, pan blue, back and forth, that might actually add to his appeal. Eric, when you wake up in the morning and see Taipei, do you think good job, bad job? The question is not that straightforward. Um, you know, Taipei is city on its own is running, you know, quite perfectly. Uh, you know, green lights is on, MRT is running. But again, you know, this election, I think voters, especially me, have a higher standard. You know, where the mayor, where this mayor will be taking us for the next 10 years, I think Cohen just failed miserably on this front. Um, I just want to point out all attacks on Cohen is pretty personal attack, whether he uh, does not have enough allegiance to Taiwan or he's too much pro-China or he's misogynist, this and that. But when you look at the government of Kerr, uh, you want to look at a city governance level. He's actually doing a pretty bad, pretty good job. Sorry. So um, I want to point out that if we want to analyze the Kerr phenomenon, you want to separate Coenger the person with Coenger the mayor because Coenger the person may have a lot of um, drawbacks or may a lot of stuff that you don't agree with but Coenger as a mayor he is really somebody who respects you know the professional professionalism of his team and he's somebody known to be let his team run freely on their own uh, stuff so he's not going to interfere too much with, uh, with, with, with his team so as a result we'll see that um, Coenger the, the mayor is actually much more progressive than Coenger the person so that's what I want to point out that's why uh, I personally still support him Right, let's pop over to New Taipei, which is a rather large part of Taiwan with lots of voters. And the KMT and DPP, New Taipei City mayoral candidates, held what was called a platform presentation session, which was organised by the Central Election Commission. And it focused heavily on energy and pollution, with the KMT's Ho Yo E speaking about his record as serving as deputy New Taipei City mayor since 2011. And he said that if elected, he can easily build on what he called his solid reputation. And as a former police officer... Ho touted the need to strengthen social order in the city, but he also made great play of his plans not to issue any licences for coal-fired power plants. He talked up the need for an energy policy that allows for public participation and also the need to develop renewable energy sources to protect the environment and public health. While the DPP's Su Jung Chung, who of course served as Taipei County Magistrate from 1997 to 2004, well, he simply blamed the KMT for building three nuclear power plants in New Taipei pay and he slammed Ho for making energy policies a local campaign issue and Sue also said that if elected he'll develop more industrial zones and attract more investment so Eric there energy energy and pollution basically in New Taipei yes th- those are the issues um, uh, uh, the problem issues at the debate uh, between Ho and uh, Sue and I think um, Su Chang is doing surprisingly well in this election um, compared to a month ago. I think he ha- he has a real shot now. Uh, and he's come very close uh, with uh, Ho Yo. And I think um, the reasons are not because of uh, air pollution or energies you just talked about. I think Su Chang, uh, who used to be the, uh, the uh, county, county commissioner for uh, New Taipei County, he did a great job when he was there. So that's why uh, his image, people recognize him. Versus Ho Yo Yi's problem is that the blue voters has no passion to support him, uh, even though he's um, 
he has done quite well for the past three months in campaigning. You know, um, before this Han Guoyu wave has happened, I think people were having trouble to find that passion to vote for him in the voting booth. And I think now they have come very close, and I'm very glad that now they are talking about policies and uh, personal attacks. So I think uh, things have gone to the right direction. But in terms of um, air pollution, I don't think it's such a big issue in New Taipei City than it is in Taichung. And, you know, um, the power energy is, I would say, the same. So I think um, the... The coming going into the the, the election day, uh, voters will really look at the two candidates and what they offer, uh, and they will decide. Brian, um, yeah, I think that Eric Chu did uh, a good choice in in choosing Ho Yui as his successor in that sense and grooming him towards that. That was an intelligent choice, um, and I think it also goes to show that the DPP has put quite a lot on it in putting forward Su Chen Chang, who is of course a party heavyweight. Uh, former party chair, former presidential candidate to run for a new type of city, because that is the one of the six special municipalities which the KMT controls at the present. Um, with Hoyoi, the DPP actually tried to recruit him in the past, and then he went to the KMT. And so there's that. Um, and I think we'll have to see. It is interesting, though, the energy issue has become so heated. I mean, it's come up again, as, as uh, was just mentioned, in Taichung. And also it's been uh, uh, the, the target of, of, of the various protests. It is one of the things up for referendum as well. Um, but I think as with uh, New Taipei City or Taichung or even Kaohsiung anywhere, um, a lot of what comes up in the mayoral debate is, is questions of uneven development. Um, the fact that there's a sense that you need to improve areas that are lagging behind um, for young people, for old people, for the increasingly elderly population of Taiwan, etc. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to see that Su Zhenchang is picking up in, uh, I, I can say it, uh, in, 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 the, uh, in his campaign, so in his support. So um, it's true that Initially, people see uh, Su Zhenchang as being too much in an old establishment. Um, so people are yearning for change, especially the young people uh, have a hard time accepting the, uh, Su Zhenchang as, uh, as the next mayor of a new Taipei city. But looking at the other choice, um, Ho Yi from KMT, they see uh, somebody who have a track record of um, uh, when he was a police chief, of uh, abusing political prisoners or maybe torturing people for uh, for their uh, verdict, so it's like it, it's when when you look at this election, it comes down to whether people want to give the the green camp a chance and then support Su Zhenchang as the next mayor of New Taipei City. Right, Brian. I mean, that was quite interesting what Xiao mm. said there about the the age. Obviously, Su Zhenchang, I believe, is in his seventies mm. now. So, mm. I mean, do you think he's appealing to young voters, or people just see? Oh, not a derogatory mm. comment, but do you think young people just simply see an old man? I think uh, that is one of the big questions because he is someone that's been around for a while. He's a major major par- uh, party heavyweight in the DPP. He is older, and so I think what people really are looking for is someone new. And Ho Yui, although he has been part of the political system a while, whether as a police uh, chief or as uh, the vice mayor of a uh, new type of city, he has the perception of being someone new, and, and he has kind of managed to embrace this uh, uh, these appeals to young people. He has like a, he's performed in hip hop songs and things like that. Um, which I think is, you know, as as Xiao mentioned, just uh, just I think that is that is forgetting that his past um, during the authoritarian period, uh, he was responsible when Mai Lung Deng self immolated himself. Um, however, that hasn't actually come up in the campaign as as much I, as I uh, expected it would, which is quite surprising to me. And Eric, what about Sue's age? What do you think? I I, I don't think age should matter. Um, first of all, I'd like to point out Sue Chang is 
running an incredible campaign. You know, his ads, the things that have come out, the things on those are quite appealing to the young voters. I think, well, at least to me, I, I don't like to judge a politician based on age alone. I think that's discrimination. I think the question we ask is: Can they are they open to new ideas? Are they open minded? You know, to innovation. Um, I, I don't have enough to judge on Sue, but based on his track records, I think that shouldn't be an issue at all here. Right. And let's pop down to Taijong, where air pollution, well, it rose its stinky head in a televised debate there between the DPP's incumbent Mayor Lin Jialong and the KMT's Lu Shou-Yen, as the mayoral candidates locked horns on that issue. Now, Lin touted his administration's moves to cut emissions at the city's behemoth coal-fired power plant in an effort to clean up Taijong's air, while Lu accused Lin of failing to tackle air pollution in Taijong and said that if elected, she will stop sending electricity electricity to northern Taiwan as part of efforts to reduce emissions and basically cut output at the polluting Taijong power plant. Now, ties with China were also a focus of the debate, with the KMT candidate accusing Lin Jialong and the DPP of driving out Chinese tourists. So, Eric? Yeah, um, I, I agree with Lu. Um, I think air pollution is a problem that needs to be tackled with in Taijong. Um, and it is more than just an um, pollution problem, the air problem. Um, it goes deeper. We need to talk about, as a country together, our energy policies, right? So I think um, this is a good time for the voters to reflect upon, upon that, what we want uh, going forward. Um, however, the, the pollution problem is something that everybody faces daily. Uh, it is something that the next mayor of Taichung needs to solve quickly, uh, swiftly. So I think Zhou Yan did a great job for the city uh, for mentioning this, and I think Lin Jialong also mentioned policies that he might do to tackle this problem. Uh, in terms of uh, Chinese tourists, I think this this issue alone is more than local elections. Uh, There's something probably will come up again in 2020. And cross-trade relations, uh, given at this uh, age of time, is just more than Beijing and Taipei, right? Washington is heavily involved. So I think uh, these are very big problems, uh, issues much, much bigger than this local election, uh, but something that each voter needs to think about, uh, you know, policy as a whole for a country, what we should do going forward. I personally um, do support uh, using nuclear until um, alternatives are more viable. And I think China, in terms of Chinese tourists, if it can help the economy, I think uh, we should welcome it. It was interesting that uh, Liu actually tried to attack Ling Jialong regarding the cancellation of the East Asia Youth Games. That was quite surprising to me. Um, she claimed this was an achievement of her, of uh, his predecessor, uh, Jason Hu, who is KMT. And I thought that was kind of backwards that that she attacked Lin for leading this these games to be canceled when it was Chinese pressure that led this to happen. Um, China would not have allowed this to happen in Taiwan. It was a way of punching Taiwan. Um, regarding the air pollution issue, that is something that is definitely just a bigger issue, um, which is why we see this issue come up um, nationwide. In Taichung, which is affected by air pollution, I think both sides sort of offered alternative facts in some sense. I think both sides also did have some criticisms, um, which were valid. Um, I thought Liu was right maybe pointing out that Lin could have been more transparent regarding uh, reporting on on uh, Taichung's energy needs. Um, yet at the same time, it's, it's just... It's, it's a, it's a, it's a broader question, and uh, I think this, this is a larger debate, which is not just a particular Taichung, not just specific Taichung. Um, with regard to Chinese tourists, 
I have a feeling that this is some, you know, sh- form of、um, China's intention to assert its influence on Taiwan's elections. Because from time and time again, we see that、um, this question of number of Chinese tourists being used as a, as a wedge to drive against DPP or Green Can candidates to say that they are not pro economy. So they say that they don't care about the economy of the local businesses because they are driving out the Chinese tourism.、Um, but in, a, in, a, in, in some ways, it's not true because this, there are studies that show that、uh, since President Tsai Ing-wen has been elected, there's probably not a, a, that much of a dip in the、uh, Chinese tourists. And, but at the same time, there's a pickup in,、uh, from、uh, tourism from Japan and in Southeast Asia. So if that's the case, we cannot. Uh, characterize DPP with the government or candidates as being、uh, not pro economy. So, this is something that the KMT, KMT can sometimes use uh, to, uh, to, to their own effect. We have to take a short break now, but we'll be right back after these important commercials. Welcome back to Taiwan this week, and now I'll move to Kaohsiung, where it's all happening, of course, because big headlines all over the television. And of course, the DPP's Chen Chi Mai and the KMT's Han Guo Yu entered their debate this week, with Chen Chi Mai arguing that the city needs to strengthen its economy by developing tourism. And he also said that if elected, he would help Kaohsiung become an Asian transportation hub. While the KMT's Han Guo Yu described Kaohsiung as a sleeping giant whose economy has slowed down over the past two decades under the DPP. Han also said that many people in Kaohsiung are fed up with economic stagnation as they've seen the city's population shrink. And basically, lack of jobs. So, Eric, the KMT's candidate there, he's doing, he seems to be going great guns, so the television tells us on a daily basis. Well,、um, there are several layers to talk about Han Guoyi's wave and his phenomenon.、Um, one layer is that、um, Kaohsiung's residence has lost its pride in the past 20 years.、Uh, used to be the second largest city in Taiwan, now the third.、Uh, economy is not doing as well as people wish. It could be. So, Han Guo Yu really、um, tapped into that loss of pride to his success. But another there I'd like to talk about is Han Guo Yu's phenomenon is national, which means that a lot of blue supporters all over Taiwan support him. And they will go to Kaohsiung to join his rallies. So, the question becomes can it be reflected、uh, in Kaohsiung's ballots? Um, on the other hand, because of Han, other cities, KMT candidates have e- enjoyed that support. For example, uh, uh, Ding Shouzhong, now we believe, is doing much better of this. But we don't know if Han Guoyu can really carry Kaohsiung or not. But I think、um, what Han Guoyu proposed for Kaohsiung in terms of economy, Uh, Asian poor is all very appealing, and I don't think that problem is limited to Kaohsiung. I think as a whole, Taiwan people might worry about economic stagnation and such. So it's much a bigger issue, and I think his campaign centers on that message. And he, in a sense, is selling hope more than the actual policy he's offering. I think people have been criticizing him for that. But nevertheless,、um, people have labeled Han Guoyu as the 
newcoming Ke Wenzhe four years ago, and he is quite a star now. And he's not going anywhere, even if he loses in this election. I think that's right. Um, I think that Han is not going to go anywhere, uh, even if he does lose, because he is something that um, the KMT has been searching for for a while, which is someone that seems to appeal to young people. And that's something that other candidates have tried somewhat unsuccessfully in other places, but Han has somehow pulled it off um, through social media, through uh, videos, and so forth. Although there are questions as, whether, as to whether China is behind that, and there's um, questions of whether Chinese interference has, is one of the reasons for its unexplained popularity. Um, but that aside, I think it is interesting that he is running on a platform which does strongly emphasize economics. And uh, that is something that other KMT candidates are also doing, as as is seen in Taichung or uh, New Taipei City or Taipei or anywhere. But he has managed to sell this. Um, it could be because of dissatisfaction against the DPP in Kaohsiung, despite the fact that Chen Zhu is so popular for so long. There might be um, dissatisfaction with stagnation eventually near the tail end of her term. Um, it could just be that her successor, Chen Mai is not very uh, not as charismatic as she was. Or it could be a host of other reasons. And so that is a, a question to really be answered. I think maybe it'll only become more clear after elections. So Eric mentioned that Han Guo is uh, the next coming of Ke Wenzhe. I mean, in a sense, we can see that Han Guo is is actively trying to imitate how Ke Wenzhe rise uh, to stardom. Uh, we can see that initially um, he's using his uh, internet um, troops to uh, to amp up his uh, internet presence, but. Right now on, on on the internet, there are a number of articles that shows that there's something that's irregularities in that. Because if you do the Google Trends search, you see that people who search for Han Guoyu is five times as much as people search for Ke Wenzhe. And you, if you see the pattern, it's very regular. So there are a number of theories that says that there are actually overseas force that's um, that's manipulating this trend. Um, but nevertheless, in the uh, Hangoyu's campaign rallies, we can see that there are real people turning out in masses. And that is a sign that's worrying the, uh, the, the DPP camp, especially in Kaohsiung. So the, the election looks to be very close than it ought to be. Um, and a lot of people in Kaohsiung are very worried. So we'll see. Maybe this year, um, many Kaohsiung people will go home and vote. Right, Eric, I mean, do you think, like Xiao said there, the Hanguoyu wave is sort of destabilising the DPP and scaring the DPP somewhat, but do you think the KMT should also be a bit wary about unleashing a possible monster that might not quite do what the KMT hierarchy wants him to do? Oh, if, if that's the case, I'm all for it. I think uh, KMT needs some shake-ups. I think uh, supporters are, quite frankly, uh, tired of some of the politicians' inability to lead the KMT into uh, new policies and into a party that people will support for. So if Han Guoyu can be a force to reform the party, uh, to push the party into a new direction, uh, however, we don't know what the, that direction would be. We had a glimpse of that when Han Guoyu rang for um, uh, party chair two years ago. Um, nevertheless, if that's the uh, Han that we will see as a chair or a future party leader, and I think it's all very positive. But, I mean, could he upset the KMT old guard somewhat? Can he accept them or can he challenge them? Do you think, think he'll upset them? Okay, upset. I, I, I think most definitely. I think um, based on some of the things I've seen, uh, he is among the most popular, if not the po- most popular, uh, politicians within the KMT party. So I think most definitely. 
Yeah, I think it's very interesting because the KMT has uh, a pattern in the past few years of unexpected superstars emerging. Before Han was Hong Xiuju, um, who maybe did not appeal to young people, but did radically shake off a party. And, and she was uh, someone that was elevated from relative obscurity, though she had been part of the party for a long time, into becoming a, a major figure. And that's, that's quite interesting. Um, as for Han, I think uh, the, the issue, I think, is that he is a candidate that is very prone to gaffes. And the fact that now he's appearing on the campaign advertising of basically every KMT uh, candidate across all of Taiwan could have some risks, potentially in the next week or so, if he had some major incident, then that could actually just be destabilizing. Maybe that's just what happens when you uh, put a lot of your eggs into one basket or, or depend a lot on one candidate's charisma to carry an entire party. Yeah, I mean... People mention that people compare Han Guoyu with Ke Wenzhe, but unlike Ke Wenzhe, who is not a politician, Han Guoyu has been a uh, legislator for many years, and it's been a political thing seen for many years. So he has a track record. And if you look at his, if you examine his uh, record when he was a legislator, you see that he didn't really do much. Um, so when we look at his rise to uh, his popularity, we might think about maybe there's one, there's a way that people can look into his past and then something might be there. But uh, I'm all for um, Han Guoyu being the next leader of KMT. I, I do think KMT is time for uh, some new blood and new ideas. If Han Guoyu is a person to lead KMT to a next uh, better direction, I'm all for it. Yeah, so I think we'll have to see. I mean, it'll be quite interesting. Um, again, as, as, as was mentioned by Eric, um, he did run for party chair two years ago. Um, and then that led him to shift south because he was based in Taipei before. Um, that's kind of an interesting pattern for the uh, for a, particularly someone that might be seeking leadership of the KMT in the future to build a base in the south rather than the north. Um, even when there have been past efforts to reform the KMT, for example, from young people, they were still mainly northern-based. Right, Eric, and of course you've spoken to people that have been to Han's big rallies. Mm. I have. Um, people are very excited um, towards Han personally. Um, the question is, can this personal support for Han uh, be translated into supporting for the KMT that remain to be seen? Um, of course, uh, I think a lot of these, these supporters, um, they have been pin blue supporters for many, many years. Uh, another, another angle to observe is how many so-called independent and young voters can Han attract outside of the KMT base? And I think that's that's similar to Koenja, again, um, just the fact that he does have this appeal to independence, um, people that maybe are, are dissatisfied with both camps. And, and that's something the KMT, I think, has been seeking for a while. And so that is, uh, if, if other KMT candidates can seek, replicate this phenomenon, then that might have a beneficial effect for the party's future electoral t- chances. So Brent- I just want to add one more point, sorry. Um, the the Kanguoyu so far for the past 15 years is the only KMT politician who has successfully criticized the KMT establishment and gained KMT supports, supporters at the same time. I think that's something very hard for another KMT politician to replicate. So bring the uh, discussion back to the Kaohsiung election, and we if we examine the Kangoyu's policies, you see uh, many holes. For example, he's proposing that he wants to increase the population of Kaohsiung to 5 million. And it's just impossible if you look at the trajectory of population growth. It's just not going to go there. And even you go there, um, you don't have enough infrastructure to support that. So Han Guoyi seems to be a person who is not only gaffing all the time, but he's only also proposing um, policies. Not, that's, that's not 
attainable. So uh, as a as a political candidate myself, I really um, want to stress that uh, when you're running for a mayor of a major city in Taiwan, you want to make sure you propose solid policies that's going to gain the, the voters' uh, recognition. Well, only one can hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I think that has been one of the criticism as well, particularly regarding his uh, debate performance, that maybe he relied a little too much on, on slogans and not enough statistics. Um, but I think that's a challenge that I guess all politicians do face, and any politician once elected will inevitably not fulfill everything they promised. Yet at the same time, then sometimes that's not what voters are actually looking for when they are voting. They are looking for attractive packages without sometimes thinking about too much of what the contents are. Um, that's that's just a long-standing phenomenon of politics. A lot of people just look at the people on the ballot and decide, okay, this person looks better, so I'll pick them because I like their face better. Right, of course, who would have thought it eight months ago that the focus, the attention of this election would be in Kaohsiung, Eric? I think nobody could have predicted it. Um, I remember um, I speaking to one of the uh, higher, more senior KMP officials about six months ago when he mentioned to me they believe Hangui has a real shot in Kaohsiung. I just left out of my chair. Um, and this is something, you know, really phenomenal. And I just want to point out that, you know, both Brian and Xiao, they are correct. Um, I, to be fair, I think Han, some of Han's policies are not concrete. But the question is, be that as he may, how can he win so many supporters in Kaohsiung and in Taiwan alone, right? It's a phenomenon that we need to address as, you know, politicians are working in this field. Um, what election has become in Taiwan? Uh, talking about policies, is it alone? Or does people des- in de- is, are in desperate need of a vision, you know, of somebody, you know, telling us hope and try to lead us into a better future? I think Han Guoyu is your typical politician in that sense. Yeah, I think that maybe the DPP miscalculated in that regard. Chen Mai is someone that's been around for a long time, has worked very hard in, in his position, but what people were looking for was someone that was new and a disruptor for change. Um, that's a common phenomenon you see with the rise of uh, Koenja, but also the third force, or you know, such as the New Power Party and other parties, um, people, that people were looking for something that was different from the mold. And it is quite a, it is quite amazing to me actually, just how much Angkor has managed to turn his image around. Um, if you actually just look on YouTube, the video of his with the highest hits is him standing next to Koenja two years ago, and Koenja is being kind of a, a joking around and so forth, and Han is being very serious. It has the most hits of any video featuring Han, but that's before when he was popular. The, the reason why that video has so many hits is because of Koenja, but. Hangor has really changed his, phenom- uh, his his image now entirely. It's more like Cohen's image, like that. Uh, it's more like Cohen's image now than it was like in a very serious uh, standard kind of politician mold. I do have to agree with Eric that Hangor is providing an outlet for uh, for the KMT folks or the Pen Blue camps that um, they've been very. Um, depressed over the last two years, especially the retirees whose pensions have been cut by the current DPP government. And they are always trying to look for a, a way to, you know, let out their emotions. And they found that person in Han Yu. So um, that's why this phenomenon, once um, it's catching fire, it's really, uh, really huge. Mm. Right, Brian, there's been talk of maybe Han Yu and Ko Wenjie joining up to run for the president and vice presidency. <laughs> well, they say that about uh, Ke and other people, um, James Song in particular, who is also from the, the, the uh, Pan Blue camp. And it's interesting because like, Ke Wenjie, I believe, if I recall correctly, he actually said that, yes, I do believe there's Chinese election interference behind Han Goryu. 
And the same accusation is made against Koenja that China is backing him in some sense or wishes for him to be a proxy in Taiwan. And so I feel like that's almost Ke throwing Han under the bus to defend himself from that accusation. And so I wonder if that will happen. Um, that'd be very surprising if so, though. That would be the North and the South coming together um, in a very strange way. Um, but actually, it is true that Han Guo, he might have enough charisma to break off from the KMT. I mean, you see this phenomenon now with Ko formerly having the DPP nomination, but now going independent without the, their nomination and managing to succeed in that way. Sometimes maybe that's an issue when one politician it becomes more bigger than a party. Or not bigger than a party, but has a different brand for that party and is able to really leverage on that. Eric? Um, I, I, I would personally like to see that, you know, that team on the ticket could um, have um but realistically, I don't think it will happen. Um, I think Han Guoyu will stay within the KMT. Uh, if he wants to run for 2020, I think he has a real shot uh, going through KMT's primary and potentially be our either presidential or vice presidential candidate. Um, and the question there is, uh, would Mayor Ke run for president in 2020? I think the likelihood is high, um, but I don't think a team of Han Guoyu and Ke Wenzhou is likely to happen. Um, yeah, first of all, I don't think Ke is going to run for president. But even if he does, I don't think he's going to run with Han Guoyu because uh, right now he's, his opponent, his biggest opponent is KMT, is Ding Shouzong. Um, so he's actively fighting um, Ding Shouzong on a lot of fronts. Um, so I don't see that he team up with uh, another KMT, Han Guoyu, uh, to run for president. But speaking of um, on Brian's point that um, people accusing Kerr and Han Guoyu as being proxy of China, um, I just want to say uh, it's pretty interesting that Han Guoyu is actually the person who is saying that when he was is elected, he's going to allow zero political rallies in Kaohsiung. So that's rings right through the uh, central message of uh, the, the Chinese communists. Um, whereas Ke Wenzhe has never... Uh, express such a uh, emotions. So, in in that front, I would say that um, people maybe want to look at Hanguy more carefully than they look at Kowinja. It's a question of people will. Um, I think that's that's one of the interesting things about politics that sometimes we 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 see that people actually don't look too closely at uh, at uh, people's policies. I think sometimes people do actually see a catchy music video and that that's what they vote for. Um, that's the thing I really wonder actually. Um, and you know, particularly in because we talk about the rise of people like Donald Trump or uh, populists of this sort that seem to offer a lot in terms of uh, rhetoric and so forth, but can't really follow up on their policies yet are still highly popular anyway. Um, that just raises a lot of questions for politics. But I think that. Uh, yeah, this comes up in politics. It's an existential dilemma of politics. You know, do you have content or do you just have uh, slogans and so forth? I think in midterm elections, though, sometimes when there's less people paying attention to this kind of uh, grassroots politics, um, that's that's when this sometimes will become uh, more and more complicated. Eric? Um, I think, uh, you know, people are accusing Han having uh, close connections with the Chinese communists. First of all, I want to point out that I personally don't see it a problem if a candidate is pro-China. However, it will be a problem if a Taiwanese candidate is pro-CCP or they are working for the CCP. I just, I just don't see any evidence backing that. You know, um, in the current cross-trade relations, uh, Taiwan and China, we are just so closely linked. We have like 2 million Taiwanese living in China as long-time residents. We have students, we have business people. If these people want to support a candidate on their own volition, 
I don't see any problem with that. Um, I, I think uh, it would do Taiwan's democracy um, a favor if everybody, okay, come up with accusations, with concrete evidence. I think uh, what's interesting is that uh, it, it's a question why people are supporting Han Guo. Is it because of his domestic stances or is it because of his international stances? And I think maybe it is primarily because of his domestic stances. Um, and so that, that, that will be a, a bigger question going forward. If he were elected, then what then? Um, it become a larger issue, particularly in Kaohsiung in the South, that, that there's a KMT candidate who is maybe pro-China uh, that's in power. Um, I think uh, one of his support bases in Kaohsiung particularly is cause, because there are a lot of uh, people that are retired public servants that are there because a lot of young people have left. And so that is a, is a natural support base for a KMT candidate because of the fact uh, that they have been affected by the pension reform instituted by the Thai administration. Um, so that could be another factor. But I also wonder, is, is it that they is that international considerations regarding the so-called China factor have fall out of consideration for them? Well, I don't think... People are not accusing Han Guoyu as working for the CCP yet. Um, and Eric, it's true that there's no solid um, evidence to support that. But people are proposing the idea that um, Han Guoyu is rising on the base of um, a lot of human manipulation of uh, internet um, wattage on his uh, either videos or his, uh, his uh, posts um, that may come from China. Um, so on that front, um, just as people have been accusing uh, President Trump as colluding with Russia, um, it's, uh, I think it's, just, it's something that we may, might think about in this election. And of course, this election is an eight days away as we record this show, and we shall find out if Mr Han can ride his wave all the way to Kaohsiung's top job next Saturday. Anyway, that's where we'll leave it here this week on Taiwan This Week, and I've been joined in the studio today by Xiao Xin Shen. Hi, thank you, bye. Brian Hugh. Have a nice night. And on the telephone by Eric Huang. Thanks for having me. And thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Taiwan This Week here on ICRT with me, Gavin Phipps. And don't forget to check out Taiwan This Week podcasts on iTunes and Android podcast apps where you can get access to all our previous shows. Tune in again next Friday evening at 8 for another informative look at the top stories of the week with Taiwan This Week. And don't forget to also check out our podcast on our website, icrt.com.tw. Now keep it here for more music and news only on ICRT FM 100.